How to design your own prosthesis and turn the project into a bonding experience. From civil wars, whistleblower tactics, schematic drafting, and the finer points of Sith adoption, the essential how-to guide for the engineering Jedi. By Jack Daw Cry. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Content warnings available in description. Chapter 6 And make you wonder what you missed. When Luke Skywalker was aware of anything at all in between great spells of nothing, he hardly recognized his surroundings. Every moment of awareness was marked by darkness and colors he only rarely had a name for, constantly twisting and melting into new ones. Some small, scared part of his mind hurt watching them, or being aware of them, sensing them he didn't know. Reality felt strange and loose in this space, as if someone had taken it and combed it into roving to be spun on the spinning wheel of the cosmos, not yet a thread, but softer and fluffier than just raw wool. He didn't understand it, and his mind moved too slowly to really try even as that small part of him said he should be scared. A larger, wiser part of himself instead found it a perfect place to just huddle down and let himself be lulled back into sleep by the comforting darkness that swallowed him whole and pulsed like a heartbeat. He liked that part, and so he listened to it. And then the darkness started rumbling in a way that he recognized but couldn't place, and even that small, scared part of himself settled back down into sleep, comfort, and warmth, and something, something else washing over him. He decided that he liked the darkness. It was warm and soft and kind and familiar, and he tried to let it know. But his voice didn't really seem to work like usual here. It tended to slip through the gaps between this loose reality and disperse like water on sand. So instead he tried to just feel, sing, be. He didn't know what he did. But he knew that once he did it, the darkness rumbled back at him like a quiet thunder. Only it wasn't quiet, it was pretty loud. He couldn't hear anything else while the darkness thundered, but it didn't feel like a loud sound. It felt like hiding under the covers during a sandstorm. It felt like sheltering in a cave when caught out by the high suns. It felt like a warm, buffeting wind while sand sailing at dusk. It felt gentle. It felt safe. It felt like love. So he tried to let it know that he loved it back. He didn't know why or how that he knew that he loved it, but he knew that he did. He wasn't sure if the darkness understood what he tried to say. But he felt like it didn't really matter when thunder rolled back over him like a wave and swept in more warmth and comfort. The darkness loved him, and he loved it. He didn't need much more to keep trying to send love back to it while he tucked deep down into his bed of warmth and love, sleepy though he was. He didn't know how much time passed like that, just that whenever he woke up, the darkness was always there to rumble and thunder waves of comfort and safety, and everything that made Luke try to muzzly reply with his own warmth and comfort. He was sleepy, though. So very sleepy. And whenever he told the darkness that, it seemed to laugh like a thunderstorm, 
and then the world would become so much softer and calmer and warmer, and he couldn't help but slip away again. Sometimes the darkness seemed worried, and when it did, the world shifted, and the colors became harsher to his tired eyes, reality less like a downy bed and more like a patch of brambles. He didn't like it when that happened, and one time, was there even time here, he didn't know, but he did know that sometimes the world almost hurt, and the darkness had pressed down on him, down, 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 until the world bled into nothingness again. It was okay, though. When he woke up, he could feel that the darkness was sorry and worried and just wanted him warm, safe, asleep, happy, curling around him and thundering of nothing but relief and love. Love. Why the darkness was here, or why it had needed him to sleep, was a mystery to him, but the love wasn't a lie. Luke would know if it was. He was good with lies. And the darkness, the darkness seemed like it couldn't lie to him. Not like this, not here. He didn't know how he knew that. He didn't know a lot of things here, but... When he thought that, the world seemed to sing to him with something right, so it must be true. After that, there was less nothingness as the darkness just rumbled at him like a thunderstorm, Luke singing, sending, being back as best as he could. The darkness loved him, and the darkness would keep him safe. He knew it would. But when he went to sleep and woke up again in a place that wasn't dark but so, so light, he didn't even know what to think anymore. Blue and gold, blue and gold, they played together against the backdrop of a starry sky. Or was it patches of sky drifting amongst the blue and gold? Perception escaped him and slipped through his hands like powder sand. But he was sleepy, and his mind was slow, and colors that didn't exist danced around him like people celebrating at a festival, and reality was soft here, soft and light and more transparent than lace. It flowed apart at the edges, and Luke was so very, very tired. He needed to sleep, and the world wrapped around him like a nest of unreality. He huddled down into himself and felt his presence already begin to sink through reality, back down, down, down through the gaps and into the darkness his weight more than enough to let him escape from this strange, unwound world. He closed his eyes and waited for the darkness to take him back. He sank further and further down, reality around him brushing against him like a soft caress, and its airy presence almost felt like love. Impressions that were barely thoughts drifted through his mind, brown and soft and warm in waves that spilled over in thin, Thin the threads that framed pale and beautiful in twin brown spots that were so, so warm and gentle and kind. Billowing blue that shimmered like water but danced through the air like wind. Flowers, flowers, flowers of familiarity. And love. Then, nothingness. When Luke blearily opened his eyes, blinking against the bright light filtering in, his first thought was, nonsensically, that he hoped someone had gotten the number of the speeder that had hit him. 
His second thought was to squeeze his eyes back shut, and after the light pierced a little too deep for his still half-asleep brain. There was a bone-deep ache within him that he didn't often recall experiencing, and even then only when he'd crashed his skyhopper especially gracelessly. His entire body felt heavy and uncooperative, and there was a tingle all over him that he wasn't quite sure was unpleasant or not. His throat was raw, even as it didn't hurt, and there was a cramping all over his body like he'd had a coughing fit after going through a sandstorm without a filter. And he couldn't feel his right arm for some reason. The entire limb felt numb and heavy, never mind the fact that his mind was moving as sluggishly as a Jawa speeder. All in all, he felt like shit. What in the name of the desert and all her moons had happened to him? He tried to make a sound as he shifted minutely to get a bearing on his situation, but his throat only managed to produce a weak mew that even a kitten would have been able to pack more of a punch behind. He was in a bed of some kind. He could feel sheets rubbing against him, and something that gave way underneath his head that might be a pillow, so probably. Parts of him also felt like they weren't touching the sheets, though. Parts where the tingling sensation was especially bad, and his skin felt tacky and strange. Blood? Some kind of mud? It didn't feel like it usually did, though, and he didn't feel any kind of danger nearby, so probably not blood, at least, which was nice. Luke breathed deeply as he focused on regaining awareness. His mind was slowly defogging, and senses other than touch or general awareness began to filter back in. He could taste antiseptic and cleaning product in the air, along with something unbearably sweet and fruity? What? He discarded the odd smells and tastes as something alarming when sounds once more began to register with him, and alongside beeping, bubbling, and whirring there was a familiar, deeply comforting sound that reassured him everything would be all right. Next to him, he heard the cycling of a respirator. Shifting his head against the pillow towards the sound, he tried to open his eyes once more and not flinch at the brightness this time, at which he only partially succeeded. Vader, he mumbled softly his voice rasping against his still somewhat sensitive throat, but wanting to hear the reassurances of the man himself as he still felt so incredibly weak. There was a gust of static that he couldn't quite place with how slow his mind was moving, but that he tentatively put down as relief. I am here, Luke, the familiar rumbling monotone replied. I am here. That alone was enough to make Luke melt back against whatever he was laid out on and stop attempting to shift about while his body was still so, so heavy. Vader was here. He would be all right. Waiting for his eyes to slowly readjust to the lights, he blinked at the dark silhouette situated beside him. Bright, he muttered weakly, not knowing exactly why he did so, but doing it all the same. The air shivered around them for a moment, and as if in response, the light still piercing Luke's eyes began to dim down to a much more reasonable level, blinking much more steadily now that he no longer had to strain against the light trying to murder his poor eyes. Luke found that it was a lot easier to look up to the man standing, no, sitting, beside his bed, and he was fairly certain now that it was a bed and not something else. Red lenses looked down at him. And now that he was more awake, he could feel the carefully restrained concern brushing against him as gentle as a feather. 
smiling softly at the dark behemoth so very carefully fussing over him, Luke could only think of one thing to say. Hi. Vader's mask tipped forward as a burst of static made its way out of the vocoder, his shoulders shaking with laughter as fondness trilled through the air intertwined with relief. Luke's smile widened, and his cheek pressed further into his pillow as the red lenses once more focused on him. Hello, little one. Luke blinked up at Vader when the man tentatively raised a hand and, after a moment of hesitation, ran it gently through Luke's hair. The contact was unexpected to say the least, but Luke hardly minded it and sank into the touch, closing his eyes to enjoy the comfort. It was rare that Vader dared to take these kinds of steps, and Luke did his best to encourage the man whenever he worked up the courage. And it was just nice to be touched like this by someone who cared. Vader softly rubbed a thumb over his brow, and Luke muzzily blinked up at him, feeling a bit of odd terror. Luke frowned in confusion as he felt the feeling slip off of the man, leather-clad hand still gently threading through his hair. Oh, little star, Vader said as gently as the vocoder would allow. Do not scare me like that again, please. I very well could have lost you. Lost him? What happened? He mumbled. Once more shifting in his bed, uncomfortable with the pressing feeling of old terror flowing off of his mentor. Something had happened to him while he was out cold, and he doubted it had been pleasant, even if he felt mostly fine now. Vader hesitated for a moment, and that was enough to make Luke wary of what was to come. You were in an incident, little one, the man confessed eventually. A very serious incident that nearly killed you. Luke gave the man a puzzled look, and his own unease grew in tandem with the trepidation he felt growing in his mentor. Vader? he asked, voice quiet even as his mind grew louder. What had happened to him? Vader uncharacteristically shifted his weight nervously as he seemingly gathered his thoughts. Eventually, with a flow of static that Luke translated as a sigh, he pulled his hand back, and Luke instantly missed the comforting touch. There was a mishap in your workshop, little one, he explained gently. An explosion of some kind, likely because of the dust. He, in a move that seemed to be almost subconsciously seeking out comfort himself, reached out to Luke once more, before catching himself with a start. Luke was having none of it, though, and leaned his head towards the hand in an implicit invitation. The hair brushing had been nice, and damn it, they could both use the comfort right now. Thankfully, Vader seemed to get the message as he slowly reached out and resumed softly petting Luke's hair. Luke closing his eyes in satisfaction, another staticky sigh heralded the continuation of Vader's story, and Luke cracked open one eye to look back up at the man grateful that the comforting touch was still there while the hesitation in the man skyrocketed. You were heavily injured, Vader continued, and that hardly made any sense to Luke. If he had been so badly injured, why did he feel mostly finish right now? I sensed your distress and ordered for medical attention to be prepared for you while I rushed to your side. 
the man continued. But when I arrived, the damage had already been done, and all I could do was bring you to the medics for healing. You were rushed in for emergency surgery to prepare the worst of your wounds for factor immersion. Antiolook's eyes widened. They'd used a bat attack for him. The things that normally cost three limbs and a heart just to use once. And you were placed inside. It has been a little over a day since then, little one. And the medics say you are recovering most admirably. Something was missing there, Luke noted. Something was missing, and it was raising his levels of unease from high to so much worse. What was missing? Vader? What happens to me? He asked carefully. Once more taking stock of what could be wrong with his body, now at least having an explanation for the oddly tacky sensation on some parts of his body, back to patches, if he had to guess. That question prompted Vader to produce a sound from his vocoder that Luke had never before heard, but that the accompanying spike of anxiety and grief immediately made him mark it down as the worst of the worst of sounds. The man's shoulders hunched inwards as he leaned a little closer to Luke, looking like he was trying to block the whole world out. Vader? He asked again. I... The man began, halting and hesitant. I first need to tell you that this will be a shock, little one, he said carefully. And that... He cut himself off, visibly, weighing his words and finding them wanting with another sigh. I am sorry, little one, he said at last, for the knowledge you were about to receive. Luke's anxiety shot through the roof, but at last Vader seemed intent on ripping the band-aid off. He sighed and hesitantly pulled his hand back from Luke's hair. Your injuries, he began, still gentle but much surer now, if not infinitely more morose, were extensive. Many were able to be treated but the back to immersion. All of them, in fact. Except for one, he revealed. Only a short pause betraying his hesitation. The medics assumed your right arm got caught in the blast. Even more so than the rest of your body. And it's... paid the price. No. Luke began to get a heavy suspicion of where this was going, and no. But Vader forged onwards. Even as Luke began regretting asking in the first place, it, part of it, was destroyed beyond repair, little one. There was nothing left to heal, and they... they had to amputate it. No. My deepest apologies. He closed his eyes, his throat thick and rawer than ever as he swallowed, trying to feel his right arm still so very numb. Not numb. Not numb. Gone. He stifled a sob in his throat as he tried to shift it, pressure and sensations all in the wrong places, and... and... it was gone. Sun's fire, it was gone. Another sob hitched in his throat, and his lungs constricted, and he couldn't feel his hands and wouldn't ever feel it again because it was gone. 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 Luke, a concerned voice rumbled out hesitantly. 
He blinked open his eyes again and turned towards the source of the voice, even as tears stung in the corners of his eyes. Vader loomed over him, noticeably closer than before, and he must have shifted closer while Luke wasn't paying attention because his hand was gone and he couldn't feel it. Luke, little one, please breathe, the man mumbled out urgently as he ran a hand through Luke's hair again. Breathe? Please, Luke. Breathe. Sucking in a deep breath, Luke noticed how immediately the world seemed a little clearer and lighter. And hadn't he been breathing? Exactly like that, little one, Vader murmured, still threading a hand through his hair, the touch grounding him even as his mind raced. In and out. Just those simple steps. In. Luke breathed in. He hadn't been breathing. And out. He breathed out. He hadn't been breathing because his hand was gone. In. He breathed in. His hand was gone. But Vader was helping him breathe again. Out. He breathed out. Vader was helping. He could trust him. He did trust him. He breathed in. Exactly like that, little one, Vader muttered encouragingly, still petting Luke's hair. Exactly like that. You are doing wonderfully well. Just keep breathing. He could do that. He could do that for Vader. His hand might be gone. But he could still breathe like Vader was telling him to, slowly. And with more stops and starts than was probably strictly normal, Luke evened out his breathing again. Under the slowly murmured encouragements of Vader, the man's presence enveloping him and urging him on while he did so. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Eventually he fully calmed down. And Vader stopped muttering while he slowly breathed, allowing them to sit in silence for a moment. Luke closed his eyes again, just for a bit, and concentrated on the feeling of a black, gloved hand gently stroking through his hair, his breathing slowly falling back into a steady, subconscious pattern. When he opened his eyes again, the thick, constricting feeling of panic was gone, even as a heavy blanket of mixed grief and various complicated emotions still hung in the air. Thank you, he muttered, blinking up at the red lenses still fixated on him. That helped. The hand in his hair froze for a moment, just a moment, before carefully resuming, the vocoder producing a sound like whistling wind. And thank you, little one. He returned quietly. You listened well. He smiled softly at the man, and for a moment, despite the mask, Luke got the impression of a smile returned as fondness washed over him. His smile weakened as he remembered his situation, and once more the melancholy set in, though this time without the panic. It's... It's really gone, isn't it? He asked brokenly. Not quite sure why he asked it, but needing to hear Vader say it. 
A gust of static and a long sigh confirmed that as well as any words could, but Vader nodded nonetheless. Yes, little one, it is. I am so sorry. Like an unwelcome sandstorm blowing into the cracks of a house, reality seeped into his mind and settled in. He sighed, head rolling slightly on his pillow as resignation warred with grief. Was there really no other way? He asked quietly, not even sure what he wanted the answer to be. Vader hesitated, but then shook his head. No, little one, he denied sadly. There wasn't. By the time I had reached you, the explosion and subsequent fire had already torn off your hand and ruined much of the bones and tissue of your forearm. With haste, luck, and much skill, they were able to save parts of your arm. But they couldn't restore what was no longer there. There was nothing to be done. Nothing to be done. Luke wasn't sure if that was the best or worst answer he could have expected, but it was the answer he got. You keep saying that you're sorry, he noted distantly, not really sure why he was fixating on that phrase other than that he didn't like it. Why is that? Vader visibly tensed, his whole body going rigid as if shocked. And immediately Luke's senses stood on high alert as he felt overwhelming guilt and regret billow out from the man's presence. Vader, he asked, concern rising up like thermals on the midday salt pans. The man shifted uncomfortably in a manner so out of character that Luke instantly, irrationally, worried that he was about to receive the news of having lost another limb besides his arm. But then the man spoke, and all such worries vanished. I apologize, Vader began, clearly discomforted, because I regret not, not being able to spare you this grief, and for being so terribly ill-suited to all this. Ah, uh, that's nonsense. Luke blurted out before he was able to stop himself, and he nearly wanted to smack himself for his bluntness when Vader reared back with a start, shock permeating the air. But he'd said it, so now he had to own it. You did all you could, he stated, utterly confident in that statement as fact beyond a shadow of doubt, and... <laughs> and there's no one else I would rather have with me here right now than... than you... He confessed, voice trailing off from confident into something much quieter and shyer, but with no less truth in it. I... Vader faltered, and Luke drew some small measure of pride from the fact that he had clearly not been expecting Luke's declaration. You... really believe that? He said at last. Bafflement and wonderment warring against one another in the air around him. Of course I do, Luke asserted firmly, earlier morosity abating a little with the distracting opportunity of prying open his mentor's shell a little further. It's the truth. Vader stared at him in silence for a moment, bafflement and wonder slowly morphing together into a shocked awe. You 
He shook his hand and a huff of static burst out of the vocoder. You are truly something unique, little star, he said at last. Warm resignation and hopeful affection dancing together like wind sprites. Luke flushed to the roots of his hair and tried to sink down further under the blankets. I'm not that special, he muttered quietly, his face feeling like he'd gone out under the midday suns without proper gear. You are, Bader countered fondly. Force, child. You truly are. Wanting to counter that he wasn't a child, but also realizing that in Vader's eyes his eighteen years were probably little to nothing, Luke huffed and kept silent, studiously ignoring the silent amusement that chimed around Vader and nudged against him like an affectionate loth cat. Stewing in his own thoughts for a bit longer, he couldn't ignore how the levity slowly sapped out of the air when reality came sinking back in. He'd lost a hand. Now what would become of him? He couldn't work on mechanics with only one non-dominant hand, not at the necessary skill level to be head engineer, and with who knows how little adjusting time, he might be able to continue making schematics and such, but those had never been his strong suit. He was best at actually making things instead of only drafting how to make things, so what would happen? Would he be fired, sent back home, dropped off at the next planet, and told to figure it out? Okay, maybe not that last one. He didn't think Vader would ever stand for that, but the rest, what if... You are ruminating rather intensely on something, little one, Vader idly noted, startling Luke out of his musings. Is there something bothering you? Besides the obvious, that is. Yeah, Luke admitted quietly. I just... What now? Vader was silent for a moment, and Luke got the distinct impression of confused blinking. Elaborate on that, if you would, Luke. Luke huffed slightly. I mean, what's going to happen to me now? I can't work with just one hand, not unless I find some really crafty workarounds, and I don't... I don't know. He breathed deeply, the possibilities overwhelming him but refusing to break down over this. I don't want to have to leave, he eventually admitted, voice smaller than he ever wanted it to be. He refused to cry over this, not yet, not now, but the tears already stung in the corners of his eyes at the mere thought of having to say farewell to the lady and everyone aboard. Erebus, Gearbox, Captain Piet, General Veers, Cody, Apo, and so and so many others, and Vader. Above all else, he didn't want to have to say goodbye to Vader and have to go back to the life he had before he met the strange and mysterious man. Not after all they'd been through only just recently. His spiraling thoughts were interrupted when a flurry of static sounded from his side. Oh, little one, Vader muttered, carting a hand through Luke's hair with all the gentleness of someone handling something unbearably fragile and precious. Even if you could never work another day in your life, you would never be made to leave here. Not unless you wanted to. Luke peeked up at the man through messy bangs must into his face by Vader's gentle but heavy hand. Really? He didn't care if the question was childish or sounded insecure right now. He needed the reassurance more than anything while he was vulnerable in so many ways. Of course, little star, 
Vader replied, thumb rubbing soothingly over Luke's brow. You, just as you are, will always be welcome here. That I promise. And he wasn't going to cry over this, not when he had so many better things to cry over, but damn it if it wasn't a close thing. Peter cared. And while he had always known that, this spoke of a level of affection that was wholly separate from what they had started out and whispered of something new. The place in the back of his mind filled with song and light and something that felt fundamentally right. Peter cared. And wasn't going to send him away. Wasn't ever going to send him away. As the promise the man made huffed with vibrant and crystal clear truth. He gave the man a smile that was proudly on the watery side, and closed his eyes as he nudged into the hand still resting on his head, the air so full of warmth and affection and care from the both of them that he didn't know where one began and the other ended. This was what he had hoped for a small week ago when he held a tree in his lap and dared to dream about what it meant. Thank you, he whispered quietly. Vader rumbled out a chuckle. No need, little one, he murmured back. This is a wholly selfish decision, I assure you. Luke cracked open an eye and smiled at the man. No more selfish than my wish to stay, I bet. The dark man hummed in agreement. Then we shall be selfish in this choice together, he noted and learn altruism another day. <clears throat> Luke hummed as he closed his eye again. I like that idea. Static rolled like thunder, and Luke's mouth twitched into a smile as Vader laughed. Your approval is noted, little one, he said mock seriously, a teasing edge curling around the words. But as for your question... Luke opened his eyes and made a questioning sound at the man. There was more. Vader huffed. As it stands, little star, you have more options than you might think. The medics examined your arm after your treatment ran its course, and they concluded that you are a textbook perfect candidate for a neural-connected prosthesis. Wait, what? It would require an additional surgery to install the connector parts? Vader continued, oblivious to Luke's growing shock. And there are other options for prostheses if you decide against that one. But if you choose for a neural connection, you would be able to regain some sense of touch in your right hand, as well as operate it as if it were a flesh and blood limb. Vader went quiet for a moment before hesitantly continuing. It would also help reduce phantom limb pains by a significant margin, he added quietly. Luke's mind whirled as he tried to process the new information. Neural connectors, touch-sensitive prostheses, phantom pains, options, what? I... I don't know. He stammered out, feeling thoroughly overwhelmed. He was getting a prosthesis. Scratch that, he was getting a neural-connected prosthesis. Since when? You do not need to, Vader assured him. There is time before you have to contemplate any decisions, little one, and both the medics and I will lend you our knowledge of the various options to help you make an informed decision that suits what you need, whether that be a neural-connected prosthesis, a non-connected prosthesis, or even no prosthesis at all. 
and that was another slew of information. But one particular line in it stood out to him like a flashing neon sign. You would lend me your knowledge? he asked, rather befuddled. What do you mean by that? Amusement flitted through the air, and Vader chuckled at Luke's question. Luke, I have four prosthetic limbs, and am nearly two-thirds machinery of various kinds. I would hope that I have some knowledge to share on this subject. What? Vader tilted his head. No need to shout, little one. Damn it, spoken out loud again. While Luke felt like he was having something of an existential crisis as he tried to comprehend the information he had just gained on his mentor, Vader carefully untangled his fingers from Luke's hair and began pulling off the glove covering his right hand. Wide-eyed, Luke watched as the glove was pulled away to reveal a mechanical hand, slowly clenching in and out of a fist. It was utilitarian, was the best way Luke would describe it, all angles and straight lines with only the minimal amount of curves necessary to mimic a human hand. It moved and bent with impressive realism, though Luke saw now where the hand sometimes faltered and stuttered, as if a servo was getting stuck. Apparently satisfied that he had thoroughly spellbound Luke, Vader huffed out a small gust of staticky laughter and slid the glove back on, securing it in place once more. Of course, I possess an older model, he said conversationally, like he hadn't just blown Luke's mind into tiny bits. You will be receiving the latest in cutting-edge technology should you choose to opt for a neural-connected prosthesis. But even so, my experience should still be relevant enough to provide you with some insight into this situation, should you so choose to ask for it. I... I... Luke stammered, his mind feeling like it was skipping beats and freezing like an overtaxed computer at the same time. Like I said, Vader continued gently, there is no need to make a decision at the moment, little one. Just know that when the time comes and you are ready to choose... You will have options. And oddly enough, despite the fact that they were talking about a lost limb Luke hadn't fully internalized yet, that statement did reassure him. Vader would be there to help him. Vader understood what he was going through perhaps better than anyone else. That was... For now, that was enough. Heaving in a shuddering breath, Luke nodded. Okay, I... I see. I think... Vader brushed a hand over his hair, and the air around him was steeped in warmth and understanding. And you need not do any more of that, Luke, he reassured. The time will come for contemplation, but for now, your task is to heal and recover. And to that end, I advise you to put this matter out of mind for the moment. He nodded slowly, even as he thought that it would be a tough task indeed to forget about the matter that would be the replacement of his limb but he vowed to try anyway. But before he did that, there was one more thing he needed to do that had been bugging him for a while. It probably wasn't a good idea, but he just... He needed to... Even if... Vader, he asked in the end, making his mind up. Vader tilted his head closer and nodded, curiosity flickering through the air in short bursts. Yes, little star, he breathed in deeply, and let it all out. Can you help me set up? I, I just... He continued before the man could interrupt. I need to see it. I, I, it needs to be real. Luke, Vader began, worry and admonishment clear in his voice. Please, Luke out quickly. I, I just... I just need to know. I need to see it and know that it... That it's me. 
That seemed to strike a nerve with Vader, and the man tangibly wavered in his resolve. It will only distress you needlessly, little one, he protested quietly, but Luke could feel that his heart wasn't entirely in it. It'll distress me no matter what when I see it for the first time, don't you think? Luke countered with a nervous laugh that he didn't really feel. In truth, he was terrified. Terrified of it becoming real and being left with no way to pretend that it wasn't, but he couldn't run from this. Wouldn't ever be able to, seeing as it was a part of him in the most literal sense. Vader hesitated, and for a moment Luke thought that the man was going to refuse after all, and he felt the little bit of courage he had left sink into his stomach. If the man refused again, he didn't know if he'd have the will to continue asking for something that he knew would hurt him in ways he wouldn't really understand, but that he equally knew he'd have to deal with sooner rather than later. Thankfully, that moment didn't come, and Vader capitulated with a weary and tentative nod. Breathing a sigh of relief, Luke watched as Vader shifted closer to his bed, turning sideways slightly to give him a better angle to help Luke sit up. All right then, little one, he said. I am uncertain of the wisdom of this decision, but if you will not be deterred, I will assist. If you are ready. Luke nodded his assent, and with careful hands, Vader began to help him sit up, supporting his weight as best as he could while Luke hauled himself up, very studiously avoiding using his still numb and strangely feeling right arm to assist him. The room was freezing which he noticed as the thick blanket that had covered him began to fall away. But at his first shiver, Vader freed up a hand to keep it tucked up against him, warding off the cold. It took some further maneuvering and some use of Vader's strange ability to shift Luke into a position that had him propped up against the headboard of his bed, a pillow tucked into his back. The blanket so far had kept the offending limb covered, and now that the moment was there, Luke was hesitant to remove it. Scared to face this new reality that he, deep down, didn't want to believe was real yet. You do not have to do this yet, little star, Vader reminded him gently. There is no shame in acknowledging when you are not yet ready. He didn't want to believe it was real yet, but it was. And reality was only a couple layers of fabric removed from him. He breathed in deeply and shook his head. No, I, I don't think... I don't think I'll be able to rest until I do this. It, it'd haunt me. Then you are far braver than most, little one, for confronting your demons, Vader told him, quiet pride twinkling in the air like distant stars, and Luke glanced briefly at the man, his own courage bolstered by Vader's praise, even as he was scared out of his mind. When you are ready, the man told him, and kept a firm hand on his shoulder in quiet support, holding Luke closer than usual. Luke nodded, but didn't look up from where he was staring at the blanket that obscured where his right arm was and where it wasn't, breathing deeply one last time. Mind be still and heart be strong. He lifted his left arm, drew the covers back, and... Oh, sons, oh fucking son. For a moment, Luke thought that his brain might choose to simply make him pass out instead of process what it saw. It certainly felt like his head was swaying side to side even as he knew for a fact that it was frozen as stiff as the rest of him, staring at the sight in front of him. 
His first coherent thought was that it almost looked normal. Just a round shape wrapped entirely in back to bandages, a little past his elbow, perhaps a little flat at the top. And then he twitched his arm, and the shape twitched too, and oh, sons, where was his hand? He squeezed his eyes shut for a moment, needing to recollect his thoughts and just not look at that for a moment. Oh, sons, oh, moons, fuck. He heaved in a shuddering breath, gulping in air like his life depended on it and only grounded by the firm heavy touch of Vader's hands on his shoulders. He was fine. He wasn't in any pain. And this, this too would pass. Eventually. But, but it was gone. His hand was gone and, and. Tears began gathering in the corners of his eyes again for the umpteenth time since he had woken up into this waking nightmare and this time he wasn't sure that he wanted to stop them. His hand was gone, and it was never coming back, and he would get a prosthesis, but he brought his left hand to his mouth and bit down to stifle a sob, the world blurring before his eyes as the tears began to gather. Oh, sons and sand, what had happened to him? And then there was black reaching into his vision, a gloved hand curling around his wrist, and gently trying to tug the bitten limb from between his teeth and suddenly he could hear the quiet comforts being muttered to him. Easy, little one. Please do not harm yourself like this. You will get through this, I promise. You are strong. You are strong. Stronger than you know, and this, too, will pass. It will pass, little one. It will pass, and you will still be there when it does. As strong as you ever are, but do not hurt yourself now, please, little one. Let go. And suddenly his fist was no longer clenched between his teeth, and there was nothing to stifle the sob that ripped from his throat, the bandaged stump blurring in front of his eyes into a white haze as the tears finally spilled over. It was too much. Too much to deal with. And then his shoulders were shaking, with the power of the sobs that racked through him, any effort to try and quiet them futile in the face of reality finally settling in. He had lost his hand, and there was nothing to be done. Shaking his head in futile denial that he no longer believed, he couldn't so much as bring out a sound beyond helpless, inconsolable cries, tears slipping down his face and leaving wet trails in their wake. There was nothing to be done, nothing but cry and grieve what was no longer there, so he let go and screamed out his grief. Raw, hoarse. It was a scream that held no elegance, no dignity, no grace. It was furious and distraught, miserable and helpless, sheer anguish, all packed together into something gut-wrenchingly primal. The cry of wounded prey and the snarl of a trapped predator in one. Why? Why him? Why did it have to be him? It wasn't fair. He hadn't done anything to deserve this. It wasn't fair. It wasn't... Strong hands gripped him tighter and pulled him in. Luke going along willingly and burying his face into the cloth of a mantle, his one other arm wrapping around Vader in turn and holding on tightly as he could. Leather-clad arms wrapped tightly around him, one hand flat on his back and pressing him closer, while the other came up to cradle his head. The embrace was hard, firm, 
and so, so warm. The air muffled down until Luke could hear nothing but his own sobs, Vader's endlessly cycling respirator, and the soft comforts the man mumbled to him while he held Luke close. I am here, little one, he murmured. Luke barely understanding the words over his own crying, I am here. I am not leaving. I promise I am not. Just let it out. And you will feel better. Let it out. Screaming again. Luke buried his face into the mantle, the sound muffled by the fabric, but no less raw. His right arm was folded awkwardly against Vader's chest, tucked under his mentor's control box instead of flailing around wildly like his instincts were screaming at him to do, but his mentor was rumbling at him like the thunder and hugging him close like nothing else mattered in the world. So it was ignorable. It was. It had to be. A hand rubbed over his back in soothing circles, but it did nothing to calm him down tears still raining down his face and his body shaking with the force of his sobs. He didn't know how long they sat like that. Only that his grief seemed endless and his body tireless as he sobbed and wailed and screamed and cried. He shook his head against Vader's shoulder and held the man as tightly as he could, the arms around him tightening in response and cradling him even closer to a black armored chest. It hurt, damn it. It hurt. And it hurt in ways and places that Bacta could never reach or cure. Deep, deep down where mind met matter and reality was nothing more than atoms. It hurt there, and he didn't know how to make it stop, or even if he could. Which wasn't fair. None of this was fucking fair. And there was nothing that could make it fair. He would just have to live with it, and that, that just... Why? And then he heard it, distant and drifting through the air like a haunting. The words were strange, but he recognized them instantly. A song that he hadn't heard Aunt Beru sing ever since he was a child, scared that he would be taken away by the Snatcher squads and terrified to go to sleep. A lullaby of the desert. Child of my heart, don't fear the night. Shadows cover the master's sight. Sands embrace us and bless our flight. So do not fear the night. It was nice to listen to. And he remembered even as a child that he memorized the words to sing quietly to himself, just, just in case. Just in case he would need it. Just in case he was alone. Just in case he would have to be alone. Child of my soul, are you still there? Sometimes life is a weight to bear. Free we are in the cold night air. The sky itself our cloak to wear. A calmness washed over him. And he remembered how the same had also happened when his aunt had sung it to him. He knew that the song was longer than the version he knew. But whenever the song was sung to him, 
He was already at his limits and tired and would fall asleep soon after. Child of my love, our place is mean. Here with vermin and things unclean, Far from the eyes of the masters keen, We plan to steal away unseen. The song sounded strange, though, rasping, halting strangely, with stops and starts that were so far from the airy way his aunt had sung it. Something that was lulling him to sleep as surely as the moon danced through the sky in their endless circling dance. And he was so tired already. Child of my heart, be always wise. Knock three times, one truth, two lies. Master sees with many eyes. Your name will save you from his spies. It was almost hypnotic how the words calmed him down, the screaming and raging quieted until he was left only hiccuping in miserable grief, his energy spent and his body reminding him that he was still left, so, so weak with wounds as fresh as his. Bacta may work miracles, but it was no match for the shock of trauma. Child of my soul, remember well All these words as you bid farewell Many more with the masters dwell, and freedom is the tale we tell. He settled in to listen, tucking his arms into his side and melting fully into the tight embrace. His aunt had always said that this had been his grandmother's favorite song, and she would sing it whenever the time was right, during sandstorms, during wakes, during the long nights of the wet season. According to her, it reminded her of her son. Child of my love, we will walk free. Suns and sands know that it will be. Dunes and canyons are path to flee. The wind our passage o'er the sea. And by that wind we will fly away. Night will give us a brand new day. By the desert herself, I pray, please. He remembered the night before he'd left for the lady. His aunt had cooked him his favorite dish, and his uncle had gifted him with a new knife to keep in his boot. And then they'd sat him down and told him to be careful, to be wary, and to be smart. But if he truly believed it and saw a chance for something more, to grasp it with both hands and not let go. And promise me. He'd promised them he would. And when he had finally met Vader, the real Vader, not the front he put up for so many people, he'd known immediately that this was something special, known in a way that couldn't be explained, but that felt right and was never wrong. Promise me. So he'd gone, and he'd tried, and he kept at it even when Vader was difficult because he could see the man under the mask, could see who was hidden beyond black plastic and red lenses and was proven right when Vader slowly, tentatively, began to open up to him. Promise me. And now they were here 
and Veda was holding him close in an embrace that was as warm and strong as it was filled with affection and care. The world felt so far away, and his body had cried out all its energy along with the grief, anger, and frustration. He was tired, so tired. And his eyes were already falling shut. And Veda was warm and steady and holding him tight. That you will not stay. His last thought before falling asleep was that he'd never known Vader could sing. The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jack Donkadai, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.